0: All right, Trabosai, good morning. Let us begin. So we are going to, first of all, let's begin by thanking our sponsors, to thank our Talmud sponsors for the month of Tevez, to thank Yol and Sari Kalman for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drashos this month in honor of the birth of their daughter, Oriya Tahel, and in the hope that in the merit of this bracha that all of the couples davening for children will have their tfilos answered bakarov. To thank Steven Tarizin for dedicating all the shurman joshua's this month in honor of their grandchildren, Adin and Naftali, Moshe. And to thank Shirley Albam and family for dedicating all the shurman joshua's this month, the creation of the yard site of Jerry Elbaum, Yaakov Kapo, Ben Rav of Menachem, Yopdan, the merit of our Tamatora, the Neshamas will have an aliyah, and their families, a Nahama. And about to, with that, let us begin with a really beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daft is Yud Ches. We are picking up on Yud Zayin of the base 17b. And we're picking up about 28 lines up from the bottom. So, I know, I know. So I'll we'll say, the easiest way to measure, I didn't even want to say the number. Instead, I wanted to say, you see where the V'david is on the right side? Right across from there, three lines up. Sounds so much better. And I'll we'll say, so remember again, yesterday, but we'll say it goes quickly. So yesterday we began the really fascinating sugya. Of the creation and the ordering of Shmona Esray. right? How Shmona Esrei was put together by? Sh- well, we're going to discuss. Sh- well, the the Gemara told us there are two two groups. Well, wh- one individual, one group. Shimon HaPakuli. And then the member of the Anshe Knesset Sagdola. So ultimately, again, we'll see exactly we'll see exactly who did what. But la mesa, la I should say I shouldn't say Anshe Knesset. I should say Meva Esim Zakenim, hundred and twenty elders. So we're now going through the order of the Shemona Esrei. So we left off with Umar Ra'u Lomar Bina After Kedusha. Why is it that we say Atachonin La Adam Das after Kedusha after Ata Actually, you know what? If you want, by the way. Um, feel free to open the Siddur as we're going through this also. This way you'll be able to see the order of the order of the Brachos in Shemona Esrei. You don't have to. I'm going to keep it open just uh, that way. We'll know where we're up to. So why is it that we say, Ata La'adam Das, after atakadosh Shne'emar Yaakov because the passage speaks about sanctifying, sanctifying yeah, the God of Israel, the Yedu, Toei Ruach Bino. And then the passage says, afterwards, those toi Ruach, who have, uh, you know, called, those who make the mistake of the spirit or mistaken spirit, will, you will come to Bino, will come to knowledge. So we see the juxtaposition between Kedusha and Bino. Ultimately, again, between holiness and between knowledge. So we'll say, why is, remember again, after la adam das. We have Hashivinu Avinu Secha, which is what we call the bracha of chuvah. So why does chuva, why does the bracha of repentance come after lo. Because the Pasik says literally, the heart will understand, Vishav, and ultimately it'll do chuva. Once I understand, ultimately I'll do chuvah, virape lo. And then I both say then it says, and it will be healed. If that's the case, ihachi lema basr basra de then shouldn't the bracha of Rifa'inu come after Hashivenu? But in fact, Rifa'inu is not till a couple of brachas later. To which the says, No, because the Pasik says, You'll return to Hashem, he will have compassion, and to God, that he will forgive. So you see that forgiveness comes after tshuva. That's why we have Hashivenu, which is tshuva, And then right afterwards, there's what? Slach lano Avinu Ki Khatanu, which is forgiveness. Which is forgiveness. So Silima says, but one second. So I have two different psukim. One that seems to link chuva to refuah and one that links chuva to forgiveness. My is the So why do you choose to go ahead and place place emphasis on the pasik that links chuva to slicha and not chuva to refua? I'll tell you why. because there's another pasik. What's the other pasik? So I'm sorry. So therefore again the second passage that we have ultimately links links the Slicha to rufua So ultimately telling us that Rafua really comes after Slicha. To which the Gemara says, the here, the Geula, Rafua Basra, Slicha. Are you telling me then that both Geula and Rafua come after Slicha, which I both say is the order that we have. So the Gemara says, V'haksev, Vishav V'rape, Lo. But yet we have another passage that says, Vishav, you'll do Tshuva, virape, and Hashem will heal you. Which once again seems to juxtapose healing to Tshuva. In which case, why doesn't? Right, there should be Hashiveinu, and then Rafua. To which the says, Hahu, la refua hi, refua that refuah, that healing, interestingly enough, is not physical healing, it's spiritual healing. And therefore ultimately again we sustain the order of Osai of which is chuva, to slachlano. So so far again we've got we have Avos, we have Gvuros, we have Kidusha, we have Bina, we have Chuva, and we have Slicho. So we'll say, now we're up to the bracha of Reina right? Ba'anyenu, which is what we call the bracha of Geula, right? So the bracha that speaks about redemption, why do we have the bracha of Geula as the seventh bracha of Shemona Es, right? Because we'll say, interestingly enough, we know that Geula Mashiach is going to come in the seventh year. But the Gemara is making reference over here too, is the idea... That messianic redemption is part of a of a seven year. Pro, there's a seven year process. With I mean, it's, it's obviously a much longer process, but the idea being that the events leading directly up to Mashiach are a seven year process. Mashiach actually comes in year number seven. So, because Mashiach comes in year number seven, therefore we say the bracha of of geula ultimately, again, as the bracha number seven. The Yemar says, but one second, but one second, we said elsewhere that in the sixth year, right, in the sixth year, there are kolos, loud, loud noises of impending war. In the year number seven, there, are, there is war. And in Matze Shviyas, which I will say sounds like what, in year number eight is when Mashiach comes. I must say, this is incredible. Sometimes war is the beginning of redemption. And so it's a very profound idea. The war, which represents again, I guess, the pashtos, the war of Gog and Magog, which is the ultimate war of good and evil, precedes the messianic era. So the gemara explains so beautifully that war itself, the struggle itself, is the beginning of messianic redemption. Umar So now we've gotten. So now we got to reina baanyenu Right. So the bracha of gula, the bracha of redemption. That's that's bracha number seven. Why is the bracha of rifa'inu, which is the next bracha in Shemona Esrei, why is rifa'inu bracha number eight? On Rabbi Akham, we talk shenast na bishminis, shetricha rifa'a, dufikha kabuah bishminis, because we will say, bris mila is done on the eighth day, a baby needs a rifa'a from the bris mila, and therefore they instituted the bracha of rifa'inu, as bracha number eight, so I will say, why, why do they put the bracha of barichalenu? Right, remember again, I will say now the bracha of barichalenu was really the bracha of parnassa. Right, the same kalimatuliv why is that in bracha number nine? Oh, this is incredible. Amravi Alexandri, so I will say, this is incredible. Mafkie are price inflators. People, I'm sure there's a more technical term for that, but people who purposely drive up prices. So this bracha, so what is is fascinating. So the Gemara says, this bracha corresponds to those who artificially drive up prices. Because the passage says, Hashem, break the neck, right? Break the neck of the rasha. And the Gemara says, who is the rasha being referred to over here? Those who artificially inflate prices, making life much more difficult for the common man. David Ki Amra, and when David went ahead and said this, said this particular verse, Biteshias Amra, he said it in the ninth capital of Tilim. Now I'll say, now I'll point out over here, you may notice in the if you have the Psukim in the in the on the margin of your Gemara, you'll see actually the citation here is from Tihilim Yud, from Tilim chapter 10. One of the interesting things about Sefer Tehilim is there are some different versions of how the breakdowns work. So you see very clearly the Gemara had this Pasek as part of chapter 9, even though our present codification of it has it in chapter 10. Okay, we'll say, so here's what's fascinating about this. So now the Gemara says, the bracha of Barich which is the bracha of Parnassah, is organized as bracha number 9, because this bracha is really geared towards those who artificially inflate prices. So I'm we'll say, how is this bracha corresponding to Again, you know the bracha Barich Shalom Yes, tova. The same this bracha, We're asking Hashem, give us parnosa. How does this correspond to the price inflators? Because it was like, why does a person artificially inflate prices? In order to make more money. But the truth is, they're doing that in a way that adversely impacts other people. The only time you earn your parnasa by adversely impacting other people is if you don't really believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because if I believe that the Ribbono Shal Olam is the one who gives me my parnasa. I recognize that anything I'm going to do that's going to hurt someone else is not going to leave me with long-term gain. It may give me some short-term benefit, but at the end of the day, it's not long-term gain. The whole point of the Baruch HaBarech Halinu is to teach me my parnasa, my livelihood, comes from Hashem. It's true. I have to put in my effort. I have to put in my eshadus. I can't sit at home. right? I do have to, actually, I guess today you can't sit at home and earn parnasa, right? right? But, 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 the, but, but the, the, the idea is, right, I have to work. I have to put in my effort. But any time that effort comes at the expense of someone else, that's not going to be helpful to me. So this is so that's what the Gemara means when it says so the bracha of parnasa is bracha number nine because David HaMelech blasted the people who artificially drive up prices in Kapitel number nine because they lack they lack bitachon they lack emuna and the whole point of bracha number nine the bracha of parnasa is I have to work hard but my parnasa I have to believe always comes from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's also so important because sometimes when we see other people other people enjoy success. You know, there's a part of us that becomes jealous, and deep down, what that jealousy is, because we feel like if that person has more, I have less. You know, there's like a pie, and if you get a bigger piece of the pie, I have less of the pie. And the truth is, we recognize in the world of Parnas that's not like that. You know, you have your pie, I have my pie, and about you should get all of your pie because the more pie you get, that's just more for you. It's not less for me. It's our pies don't don't intersect. <laughs> They're not based on each other. And that's why, again, anything I do to get a head that stands on your shoulders, that pushes you down, that, that's, not, that's not bracha. And at the end of the day, it's not going to endure. That's, bracha, that's the bracha. So as I remember again, the next bracha is, Which is the bracha, ultimately, again, of kibbutz galios, the gathering of the exiles. Why is that said after what we call Birchas Hashanim, which is the bracha of Parnasa? So, the Atem Hare Yisrael Anpechem Titnu Uprechem Tisul Ami Yisrael Kikarvu Lavo. So, good of course, because the bracha, because the pasuk juxtaposes these two themes. The Chayva is Kab Tzugolios. So, I will say. So, remember again. So, the Kab Shofar Gedolah is the ingathering of exiles. Right after that, Hashiva Shoftinu Kivarishona. Right after, ultimately, again. Right after, right after Kibbutz galios, what do you have? said Din Barish Judgment is executed ultimately against the wicked. Sh'nei ha'me'ar v'ashiva yadai alayich v'etzrav kibar sigayich uksiv v'ashiva shoftayich kibarish So we say, so ultimately again, therefore after exile and gathering of exiles, there's judgment against the wicked. That's hashiva shoftinu kibarish so the gemara says and after ultimately again you have the dimarishaim. So the gemara says Then Once there's judgment, the wicked cease to exist. That's the bracha of All wickedness should simply cease to exist. And once the wicked are removed, what happens? Ultimately again, Literally again the Karen, the horn of the righteous is uplifted. So ultimately again the wicked are uplifted when the when the when the sorry the righteous are uplifted when the wicked no longer exist, and together with the tzaddikim, the Sedek tzaddik are also uplifted. And we'll say, "Where is the horn of the righteous lifted?" Ultimately, again, And if will say, "The next passage, the next bracha is biyushalayim ircha berachamim tashuv." The restoration of Jerusalem. So what's this incredible? Where, where, ultimately again are the righteous fully uplifted? The righteous are truly fully uplifted in Jerusalem. And once Jerusalem is rebuilt, Ba David. Interestingly enough, then David Right, David comes. Because I what's after the bracha of Jerusalem? Es, semach, david, avducha, meira, which is the bracha, the request for the restoration of the Davidic monarchy. So, I just want to point out, often when we see Bad david, we think that refers to Mashiach. That's not what's happening over here. What this is referring to is, afterwards, zilchet, to go back to Yudushalayim and rebuild the base on Mikdash, then we will have a restoration of the Davidic kingdom. Shina amar, the positive, i say, tap of Yudchas. Ah Yashuba bin Yeswah, Bikshua Shamel Kayim, there's David Malcolm, the Khaiban Shabbat David, and once David Amalach comes, Basa Tfilah. Then ultimately again Tfila returns. Shine emar, Bahavi Osimel Harkochi, the Simahtim Bebes Tfilosi. So we'll say it's actually very beautiful. So remember again, what comes after Est Semach David? So Est David is the restoration of Davidic monarchy. What comes next? Shmacholinu. So we'll say, it's actually quite beautiful. The Gemara says, because only once David comes, is there real tefillah. And we'll say, what does that mean? That where does the essence of tefillah really occur? In a rebuilt Yerushalayim under David, Malcolm, Mashiach, under Davidic kingdom. That's where real tefillah occurs. What we do now, we still daven, we have beautiful davening. But if you want to know what the essence of davening really is, the essence of davening is after this entire process that culminates in a rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash, that has now a Davidic king at the head of the Jewish people, then, Shemak olinu, Hashem alokinu, Alinu. Then, there's real Tefillah. So beautiful. And once Tefillah is restored, Bassa Avoda. Remember again what's next after that. Some Saavoda. Bring back sacrificial service. So avoda comes after. There's real tefillah. viziv oloseyem vizivcheyem l'ratzonam mizbechi v'cheivan shabbasa avoda. And once there's real avoda in this world, Rabbi says, remember again what comes after it. Say modim anachnulach hoda gratitude. Once Rabbi says, it's such a beautiful idea. Think about this entire progression. You have the judgment of the wicked, right? The obliteration of the wicked, the uplifting of the righteous, the return, the restoration of Din, the return to Yerushalayim, the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash, a restoration of Tefillah, a restoration of Avodah Karbanos, and then what do you have? Modim. Wow. Ribbono shall Olam. Thank you for everything. Thank you for everything. So, we'll say, what do you have after? What do you have after Modim? So, after Modim, ultimately, again, I have the Gemara says. I have Kanim. Right? Why do I have that? Because like, the Apostlech says, Aaron lifted his hands, he blessed the people, and he came down from offering his Ola, his Chatos, and his Ola and his Shlame. But one second, that seems to put Birchaz Kahnem where? Before Avoda. Before Avoda. So why not say Birchaz Kahnem before Ritzei? We'll say first wide line. So it sounds like, again, what ended up happening is, he first did the Karbanos, and then afterwards he gave the Bracha, I Velimra after avoda, so why not say it immediately after avoda? Lo sachatet chadichsiv zovech toda. My chaz is the same chesahal, same Why do you? Why so? Why do you learn after this pasuk? from the first pasuk. Mistabra avoda vehoda khada milsihi. Because say, this "Is it fascinating? It would appear that avoda, which means ritei and modim, are one unit. Avoda and hoda." Are one unit. So therefore, again, we're going to put Ritzei and Modim right next to each other and have birchas Ka'anim after Modim. But I will say, if you think about that phrase, it's such a powerful phrase. Avoda Then I will say, what is true Avoda? So again, in the context of the Gemara, what it's saying is Avoda Ritzei, which speaks about a restoration of, a restoration of sacrificial service to hod'a. Modin is one unit, and therefore Birchas konim comes after that. I think on a deeper life level, what is the Gemara saying? Avoda and Avoda It's real service of Hakadosh Baruch How do I know? How do I know if I'm a true Ovir How do I know if at the end of the day I'm really connecting in my religious observance with the Ribono Shel Olam, and that I'm really being an Ovir Because also you know that. In life, in certain Yiddishkeit, a person could be a behavioral Jew. Which is, I'm, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do, but there's no feeling. Right? I'm checking the boxes. That, that's, that's a behavior. Avoda, avoda is where I'm serving HaKadosh Baruch with such a profound heart, with a passion, with an energy. How do you know if your Avoda is really working? How do you know if you're on the right path? Hoda. Do I feel enveloped by a profound sense of gratitude for the, everything the Rebono Shal Olam does for me? Because said the most beautiful part of Avodah Sashem is that we open our eyes and I say, like, wow, How could really takes care of me. And that's true, by the way, in life, when everything's going right, and it's the times when things are not going right, I still realize God has my back. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has my back. He's always with me. Avodah Vahodah Chadah milsihi. True Avodas Hashem, or I should say, the manifestation of true Avodas Hashem, is when I walk around every day with a profound Chodah, a profound sense of gratitude for everything the Ibano shal Olam is fully doing for me. Such a profound statement. Why is Sim Shalom after B'chaz K'anim? So we will say Sim Shalom is pretty self-explanatory, right? It's a bracha for peace. Why they juxtapose. so we'll say, the juxtaposed Dixiv? So we will say because the pasuk says, "Place my name on Bnei Yisrael and I will bless them." So the Gemara so, "So some Shnei Abnei Yisrael is a reference to Birchas Kohenim." Vani And what's the bracha of Akadosh Baruch Bracha of Akadosh Baruch Shalom. we will say this is so beautiful. What is the ultimate bracha? Beri Shalom. The bracha of Hashem is Shalom. The greatest bracha that Ribbon Shalom could convey upon us is peace. Hashem will bless his people. Shalom say, you know, thinking about this, that how could HaKadosh Baruch Hu bless you with Shalom? Right? You think about this for just a moment. Right? Shalom, Shalom is something that a person has to choose. Right? In other words, I could choose to fight. I could choose Machlokas. I could choose Shalom. So shalom, it sounds like what we ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, you see, Let's say people who often are in a state of makhlokis with others, what they really lack is a sense of inner serenity. Right? Mm-hmm. What I'm asking you is give me a sense of inner serenity so that I could have the courage to make Shalom in my life. We know this. People who are always fighting with other people is because they're unhappy about something in their lives. Normal people don't fight, right? Normal people don't get into Machlokas, but someone who's always in Machlokas is because there's something misfiring inside of them. When we say Hashparah who benches us with Shalom, when I'm really asking, when I say sim shalom, please shalom, what am, I, what am I asking for? What am I asking for? For Hashem to help me work out my, by the people, the, the machlokas I have with people? That's not up to God, that's up to me. I'm asking Hashem, give me a sense of inner tranquility. Help me. I know I have to choose it myself, but help me reach a sense of inner tranquility and that way that inner tranquility could become an external tranquility. I'll have the strength to make shalom in all the pockets of machlokas in my life. So I will say, what a beautiful Gemara, no? That's Shimon Esrei. But let's say, I, w- I would urge you, this is the kind of Gemara that you want to chazer. Because remember, again, we dive in Shimon Estray three times every single day. And here, the Gemara just gave us, in a very succinct way, the entire order of Shimon Estray and why the order is such. The order is not random. The order is profound. So it says the let's 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 loop back. So I'll we'll say. Remember again, I pointed this out yesterday. The Gemara says you had 120 elders who went ahead and arranged Shimon Esrei. If that's the case, says the Gemara, Pakuli his dear. What did Shimon Pakuli do? In other words, remember we had two, we had two strange statements. First statement said Shimon HaPakuli was the one who had organized Shimon HaPakuli in Yavna. Then it said 120 elders, amongst them prophets, organized Shimon HaPakuli. See if you have 120 elders, with, some of them with prophecy, what is Shimon HaPakuli doing? To which the Gemara says, You're right. My his dear, Shachachachum, the sidrum This is wild. There was a time in Shimon HaPakuli, it was forgotten. It was forgotten. Right? Or the order was forgotten, something was forgotten. And Shimon HaPakuli, Shimon HaPakuli was the one who came along and Chazer V'sidram, right? He reminded everyone and, you know, I guess re-energized the order. Therefore, again, he's called the codifier of them. Mekan Ve'elech, so say, one ultimately is organized. Asr Baruch Hu. you are not allowed to add on to the praise of the Ribbono Shalolam. Now, remember, when it says you can't add on to the praise, what that means is, we don't add anything to Shmona Esrei. We're done, right? We're locked in, we're done, right? We don't add on anything more formal, we call it, we don't add on any more formalized or institutionalized praise to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does it mean when it says, Who shall articulate the strength of HaKadosh Baruch Hu shall make heard all of his praises. Who should speak about the strength of Hashem? Only a person who is capable of articulating all of his praises. In other words, they both say, what this means is as follows. What this means is, you know, it's at a certain point in time, it's the law of diminishing returns, right? In other words, that when I praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's no way I could capture the entirety of his greatness. So Chazal did their best. Chazal instituted certain tefillos. But at a certain time, if I add on to that, adding on to it is like, is like diminishing. it's like going over to... Uh, to a very wealthy person, uh, you know, you, know Jeff, you go over to Jeff Bezos, I heard you have a couple of shackles to your name, you know, like, like that, that, that's not, that doesn't make sense, right? That doesn't make sense because he's so wealthy that like I say, oh, I heard you have some money, you know, it, it, it demeans the true nature of his wealth. So the Gemara says, to add on more praise actually highlights the incompleteness of the praise which we can offer to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. So therefore, we use what Chazal have. And we don't add on to it. So it says, <laughs> Someone therefore who praises Hashem too much, this is interesting, is uprooted from the world. So I'll we'll say again, what this means is, you should spend, we should spend all day praising Akkadish Baruch. Hu. What it means is, building on to the praises that Akkadish, that, that, that Chazal gave us. Chazal gave us, Chazal gave us, Chazal gave us a good framework. Use that framework. Use that framework. Can I use my own words? Of course. But here, what they're talking about is someone who tries to add on to Shimon Esrei, that's not going to work out well. Dar Shabi Ishkvar formula Ishkvar Gibar. Gibar so, I'll say this is incredible Gimara. What does it mean? I'll say, so now listen to this. We just got finished talking about Shlomon Esrei and everything we're supposed to say, and don't add on too much. So, the Gimara said, so listen to this Pasek. So to you, silence is the best praise. Silence is the best praise. So, what does Mewah say? This is profound. Sama de Kula Mishtuka teaches us the best remedy in life is silence. Best remedy in life is silence. He said, Amri Amri Ma Mila if a word is worth one sela, Mishtuka betrain. Silence is worth two. I will say a very, very profound Gemara, right? That sometimes the greatest thing you could say is absolutely nothing at all. And I will say, I think especially in today's day and age, when we have so many modes of communication, you see this all the time. A person fires off a tweet, a text, a WhatsApp, an email. Our, our our communication has become so impersonalized that often we talk and we say things and we don't even measure the full impact of our words because it's so easy to communicate. Right? It's so easy just to say what, what's on your mind immediately without having to think it through that also often you see hurtful words, inappropriate words, false words, that are often spread, and, and then the, 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 the impact, the negative impact that it has, is so difficult to dial back. So, Chazal said sometimes the smartest thing I could say is absolutely nothing at all. Very profound. So, let's we'll say back to the Gemara, or back to the Mishnah. So, the Mishnah said if you read the Megillah al Right, if you read the Megillah, by heart, not from a text, you're not Yotzeh, says <laughs> by, the Yemar of Minalan, how do you know this? Amuraba ba'asih zikirah zikirah, mekik zirashavav zikirah zikirah, ksif ha'akha ba'yam me'il niskarim, says over here, by the Megillah, these days shall be remembered, o ksif hasam, ksavzos zikaron vasefer, and by the war with Hamalik, by the war with Hamalik, Ultimately, we are commanded ksavzos write this down zikaron Sefer. malah halon Sefer, just like in the Torah the war with Hamanik is recorded in a sefer in a in a in a in the Torah afkan sefer so too the Megillah is recorded in a sefer so the Gemara says okay that's fine I understand the Megillah is supposed to be written down but hay maybe therefore zikhira just needs what you have to look in the scroll. Who says you have to read it? Who says you have to read it? To which the Gemara says, Lo Sahadaitra de Khsiv, Zachar. Yochol Balev. The Pasik says when it says, to remember that which Shamalik did to you. You might have thought this is just a cognitive remembrance in the heart. So the Gemara, okay, in the mind. Kishu Omer, Lo Sishkach, Hare Halev amar. No, when it says Lo Sishkach, Lo Sishkach is the cognitive part. Don't forget. Ha, so the Gemara says, What does Zachar mean? Zachar means to read it. So therefore, it turns out that ultimately, again, really zachar means two things. Number one, to write it down. And number two, ultimately to read it. So that's how we know that the Megillah has to be written and has to be read from the actual scroll itself. Kara Targum lo So we'll say, this is interesting. So the Mishnah said, if you read it, if you read it in Targum. Right? You're not Yotze. Targum means Aramaic. You read a Megillah in Aramaic, you're not Yotze. The Sigmar says, okay, what's the case? Hechi Dami. Ilema targum hainu So i we'll say, if the Megillah is written in Hebrew, but instead of reading in Hebrew, you read what? You read in Aramaic. Of course you're not Yotze. What is that? What is that? That's called reading it by heart. To which the Sigmar says, no, 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 what's the case? The case is where you actually wrote a Megillah in Targum, in Targum, right, written in Aramaic, and you read it in Aramaic, the Mishnah says you're not yodse. Now, I going to say, here's the problem. So the problem is that contradicts the next line of the Mishnah. Because what did the next line of the Mishnah say? But you can read it, you can read the Megillah in other languages, assuming that what? A person understands the language in which you are reading it. So it says in the one second, but you just said before that if we read a Megillah in any other language than Hebrew, you're not yotze. So what's going on over here? We're supposed to listen to this. No, you are allowed to read a Megillah in another language. What's the only other language you're allowed to read the Megillah in? Greek, Greek, what's the case? If it's written in Hebrew and you read it in Greek, that's obviously not going to work. That's reading the Megillah by heart. No, no, no! What are you allowed to do? You're allowed to write a megillah in Greek and read it in Greek. So, I say so. Ultimately, again, what the Gemara seems to be saying over here is there is a license to write a megillah and read a megillah in another language, but the only, only, only other language is Greek. So, I say so. Again, we're going to come back to that in just a moment. How do you, or I say, El? How do you know that A-Kadosh Baruch who called Yaakov Avinu El? So the Gemara says, Shinemar, Vayikru Lo, El, Elohei Yisrael. This is how they call Mizbeach, Because ultimately, again, if you're thinking that the Yaakov Avinu called the Mizbeach El, Vayikra Lo, Vaikra Lo Yaakov, Mi Boyle, Shur said Vayikra Lo, Yaakov called it. Ela Vayikra Lo, Liakov El. Rather, who called Yaakov El? Umi um, Karo El. So Elokei Yisrael, ultimately again Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So, boss, say is just a little bit of a, a little bit of an interruption over here, just because it's the same author of Elazar by Yaakov. So therefore, once we quoted one of his teachings, we quoted the second teaching. Not really anything to do with the previous Gimara. Back to the Gimara. Mesve, Kara Giftis, Ivris, Ilmis, Lo Yatsa. yet the Bryce says that what? If you read a Megillah, these are all different languages. Giftis, Ivris, Ilmus, Midyis, and Yavanis. What we're focusing on over here is Yavanis. So the Gemara said, if you're a Megillah in Greek, you're not the Yotze. We just said before you are Yotze. Halodamia elolaha. Giftis le <messive> gift him. Ivris leivrim, ilmis leilmim, yevanis leyevanim yatsa. Oh, I will say what can you do when the Bible says said you're not yotze? That means I will say if I don't speak giftis, I don't speak giftis. Right, but somebody reads, but I read the megillah in giftis. I'm not going to be yotze. But someone who doesn't understand giftis and reads a megillah written in giftis, he's yotze. And someone who reads a megillah someone who speaks Greek and reads the Megillah in Greek, is yodse Here's the problem. So we'll say, which, which by the way, supports the reading of the Mishnah. Because what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said, You could read the Megillah in a foreign language, provided that what? Provided that what? You speak, you understand that language. But here's the problem. If that's the case, why do Rav Shmuel interpret the Mishnah as only referring to Greek, it should actually refer to any language. Ela in ki itmar itmar. Ultimately again, Rav and Shmuel are actually commenting on something different. What are they commenting on? So Rav Shmuel la'z kosher. Anyone could actually read the Megillah in Greek. Right, anyone, anyone who reads the Megillah in Greek, Is Yotze, so the Gemara says, (laughs) "I baha katani yevanis li But we said in the Brisa that ultimately, again, you could read the Megillah in Greek for Greeks in (laughs) lekuli alma. So the Gemara says, "I'm sorry, baha katani yevanis li in lekuli alma lo." But I will say again, once again, it sounds like you could read the Megillah in Greek for someone who speaks Greek. But for someone who does not, it does not work. So in darmer keshemgamnila, behold, keshemgamnila. Boss says, because that's our previous gemara. This nine, keshemgamnila. Omer afsfarim loi tirushi yichtevu ella yivanis. Ultimately, the gemara boss holds that Sfarim can only be translated into one other language, and that is Yavonis. Once remember again, this is by Talmi, the Septuagint. B'shugam says, since it was already translated into Greek, that's the only foreign language you have a license to translate it into. I says the Gemara, So why don't you just say, I might have thought the license to translate other Sfarim into Greek is only by a safer Torah. But by Megillah, where it says Savam, it should be written as it is written. I might have thought there is no license to translate into Greek. So we'll say, so how do we pass him? Because this is an interesting shayla. So here's what I know. I know that Allah Maisa, as we're going to see, actually, let's just finish the next section. But I'll say, if you don't speak a word of Hebrew, but you hear the Megillah read in Hebrew, what's the halacha? What's the halacha? You're saying beautiful Gemara. But, Yod, I, I, but I, if I don't speak Hebrew, I have no idea what the Megillah is talking about. So, which the Gemara says? Midi he says, this is interesting. Obviously, you could be Yodse with the Hebrew reading of the Megillah because you always have people who don't know what we're talking about. I was about to say right. In any given time and there's somebody who doesn't know what we're talking about, right? So in other words, this is true with every kriyas It's true with every every, every kriyas Hamigdal. So Mas Kifla Ravina. But one second. So, my, so Ravina says, after all, Anon ha ha nim bnei haramachim mi So I'll say this is great. Ravina says, by the way, there are words in the Megillah which we have no idea how to translate them, right? Ha ha nim bnei haramachim. Anyone know what that means? Right? What, how, do you, how do you translate that? Ela mitzvah kriya, mitzvas kriya persume nisa. Rather, I will say, the mitzvah of the Megillah is ultimately, again, to read it and to publicize the miracle. Hachanami mitzvas kriya u nisa. We'll say, so what does this mean? What's their persume nisa? They're referring to we we'll look at Rashi, it's quite beautiful. Rashi, the persume nisa, even though you might not understand everything you hear. Sebo So listen to this. The goal is, even if I can't understand, I have to hear every word, but even if I can't understand every word, I ask someone, tell me what does that mean? Or tell me a little bit about the Purim story. And through the reading of the Megillah, even those who don't understand the Megillah, will ask around, will ask around, And we'll come to understand the nature of the miracle itself. That's beautiful. That's the Persume Nisa. Even if I don't understand what it is, what we're reading, I'll ask. I'll ask. And someone will tell me, even if they don't know the translation of the word, they'll tell me the story, they'll tell me the miracle, and that's the Persume Nisa. So I'll point out, so first of all, Saddiwee so Paschim. So, so working backwards, we know that Allah if you are reading a Megillah in Hebrew and you hear it in Hebrew and you have no clue what's being said, are you Yotze? Are Yotzeh? Absolutely. What about this idea of writing a Megillah or, or write in a different language? So in fact, the Shoch of Arach is over here, it's in Toph Reis Tzadik Siftas. haakum lo yotza yidei chavasa we will say the halacha is you can actually write the Megillah in a foreign language, right, and read it and be Yodse as long as you know that language. So remember again, Hebrew, or what we'll call Ashuris, is the universal language. That works for everyone, no matter what your level of comprehension. Even if you don't speak a word of it, you're Yodse. But at the end of the day, you could write a Megillah in foreign languages as long as you understand that language. So that's how Shukhul HaRach Paskins. Halacha, halamayse, in any other language as long as you speak. Good. There's more to it, but that's, that's the basic halacha. Let's go back right there. Karaseyrigin, lo yotza, sorry, karaseyrigin yotza. we'll say, if you read the Megillah, Seyrigin, you're Yotze. So the Gemara says, lo, this is great. Lo habiyadi Rabbanan, my Seyrigin. The Rabbis did not know, what. What's, we had this Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. The rabbis did not know what Seirigen meant. They didn't know the, what the word meant. So, listen to this. Shamola amsa the Rebbe. So, we'll say they heard the maid servant of Rebbe. Now, there's a lot of stories about the maid of Rebbe, who was a very pious woman. So, they heard this, the servant of Rebbe. Listen to this. So, what happened? So, Rebbe was, was having shared his house. And apparently, the students were coming like in groups. So she said, why do you keep coming Serigan? Right? Why don't you all just come at the same time? So they understood from what does Seirigin mean? Seirigin means in pieces. So we'll say, what does it mean to read the Megillah Seirigin? We'll see in just a moment. It means you read, you pause, you read, you pause, you read. And they discover the meaning of this through the, through the jargon used by the maid servant of Rabbi. So the Gemara goes back to Gemara and says, Lo Chalug Logos. So the Rabbanon did not know what is Chalug Lugos. So they both say, this is a vegetable that is mentioned in the Mishnah, but the, the Rabbis had no idea what it, how it translated. <laughs> so they heard the maid servant of Rabbi, who was speaking to a guy who was spreading out purslane. How long are you going to keep spreading out your haluglo secha? So they understood that it's personally. The my Mecca. The rabbis did not know the meaning of the phrase salsla to Ram Mecca. So what happened? Shamo Dam said the Rebbe. They heard the maid servant of Rebbe speak to a guy who was curling his hair. How long are you going to go ahead and beautify and curl your hair? So they understood that the word salsala meant to curl. They so didn't understand what's the meaning of the pastak. Like, what does yahavcha mean? Amr Rabba Rahanah, Zimnacha Dahava Azuna Bahadi Dah Haw Taya. So both we'll listen to this. Now there's not the main servants of Rabbi. Rabba Rahana said, one time I was traveling with an Arab merchant. The Tuna, and I was carrying a load. Amrli, the merchant, said to me, Shakul Yahavcha, the Shadi Agmalloi. Take your load and put it on my camel. So Yahav Rabosai means your burden. Hashlaikh Yahav Khalashem. Such a beautiful boss Place your burden on Hashem, v'ol yechal kalek. Blessed <laughs> be who will take care of you. So the goes weiter. So Avi Adon Aban on my v'tata asah So the rabbis did not know the meaning of the pasuk in Yeshayahu. That literally said vitata asah b'matateya hashmade. What does it mean? Shamu'a la'amsad the be rebi the havis amr lechaverta. They one time heard the maid servant of the rebi who said to her friend shakule tata isa v'tatai Besa. Take your broom and sweep the house. So Tata means broom. It means right to take a broom and to sweep. So that's how speaks out the punishment of Kali So I'll sweep you to the side. So Rebosai, just what, what's the point of these Gemara? So first of all, again, we come to see what the definition of serigin is. I will say the point of these Gemara is a very simple yisod. Ezehu Chacham Mikal Adam. Who is wise, one who is able to learn from every single person. I say there is something to be learned from every person. There's something to be learned from the Arab merchant. There's something to be learned ultimately, again, from the maidservant. Don't think that wisdom simply, you know, don't think that the, that the, the wise have a monopoly on wisdom. Right? Wisdom is found everywhere. You just have to have your eyes open and I have to be humble enough to be able to take it in from wherever I see it. such an incredible use. Torah so, Baran, if you read the Megillah, Seh Serusin Yotza, Rusin Lo but ultimately, what Seiru Sin Rashi says is Lema Freya. So if you read the Megillah, so now Seiru here's what I know. I stop, I read, I pause, I read, I pause, you're Yodse. However, if you read the Megillah Lema out of order, excuse me, you're not Yotze. Says so the Gemara, Rav Muna says, even the What's very interesting. Ramona says, one second. Even by serrigin, it depends how long you pause for. In other words, if I read and then I pause, and the pause is what? Such a long pause that I could have read the entire Megillah during that pause, then at the end of the day, I'm not yodzik. Why was it? Because Ramuna's logic is, if you pause for too long, then what? Essentially, you disrupt the connection for, between that which you read before the pause and that which you read after the pause. So it says the Yamara. and if that's the case, if you pause for too long, you need to start reading the Megillah from the beginning. Amr Rav Yosef Halacha Keramona. Rav Yosef says that Halacha Ramona, namely that although you're allowed to pause during the reading of the Megillah, but if you have such a long pause that it's the amount of time that it would take to read the Megillah in its entirety from beginning to end, then Halacha reminds you have to start all over. So the Gemara says Amra Amar Rav Yosef Halacha Keramona. Shem Rashum Rav Yehuda. Amar Le'Abayil Yosef. When Ramona says that if you pause long enough to finish the Megillah, what does that mean to finish the Megillah? To finish from where you are to the end or to finish, or to finish a reading of the Megillah from beginning to end? No, no, Ramona meant you paused long enough to finish from the beginning to the end. Why? Because it was a otherwise, if it's from where you paused, then what? that becomes a subjective shear. And in halacha, we don't like to have subjective shear. So what Ramona is saying is, you could pause when reading the Megillah, but if you pause long enough, so as to go ahead and finish the Megillah, be, sorry, you pause long enough, that pause that you could have read the entire Megillah from beginning to end, Ultimately, you have to start over. So Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba, 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 Amrav, Halach Kerbi Mona, Dalach Vazri Mona, Ushmar Ushmar says no. In Halach Kerbi Mona, the Halacha does not follow Rabbi Mona. In Surah, they had this version of the Mahogis. B'pumpadisa masnulhachi, Amrav Khana Amrav halach Rabimona. And so Pompadisa was say the version was you had rav saying the halacha falls rabbi mona. Ushmol amar in halach rabbi mona. masni ipcha and rabbi says just the opposite. Rav amar in halach rabbi mona. Ushmol amar halach Rabimona. mona. Shmol says also. So we we'll say and again. So rabbi had a different version. Rav said that halacha is not like rabbi mona. Shmol said the Al-Khavah is like rabbi mona. Amrav yosef nakoed derabbi b biadech. I like Rabibi 's version. Why? Because Shmuel is often the opinion who takes into account individual opinions. So I like the idea. I like your version that says, Shmuel says, We'll say, where else do we see Shmuel taking into account an individual opinion? There we'll was listen to this. So we'll say, it's an interesting case. Here's the case. Ruven dies. Ruvain dies without children, right? So now remember again, there's a mitzvah of yibum for his widow. Ruvain has a has three brothers, Shimon, Levi, and Yehuda, and we'll call the widow right now for our example's sake, Rachel. It's good yivam coming attractions, right? Rachel. So what happens? So now, say it happens to be. So now the three brothers have, it not, have an obligation for yibum. It happens to be, however, Shimon Shimon really wants to marry Rachel's sister i to marry Rachel's sister. So, says, so now listen to this. So, so Shmuel says, Shmuel says, Let's say now Shimon, Shimon goes ahead and does Kiddushin with Rachel's sister Leah. So now the Gemara says, the Gemara says we tell Shimon, wait, wait to go ahead and do anything else. Why? Because ultimately say, all the surviving brothers have a connection to the Yavama. And until one of them goes in and does Yibam or Chalitza, Shimon technically also has a connection to the widow. And if he has a connection to the widow, he can't marry Rachel's sister because he can't marry two sisters. So we tell Shimon to wait. We tell Shimon to wait. Actually, it's better if I do it with Levi because Shimon is the older brother. right? We tell Shimon to we, we tell Levi to wait. Right? Ultimately, the Yehuda says that Allah Chalamaisa, we tell him to wait, even though said is an older brother than him, and even though again, Yibum really devolves upon the older brother, we view all three brothers, all three surviving brothers, as having a connection to the Yavama, and Shmuel says, Allah ultimately, again, Allah so say, the point over here of this discussion is, you see Shmuel siding with the singular opinion, therefore again, comes along, comes along, <coughs> comes along, um, Rabbi, comes along Rabbi Yosef. And Rav Yosef says, I like Rav Bibi's version, because in Rav Bibi's version, Shmuel once again is siding with the individual opinion, Rabbi Mona, who says that if you wait to finish the Megillah in its entirety, you have to start again from the beginning. How do we pass an Because again, by the way, this could happen this could happen. A person is reading the Megillah. They get interrupted by some type of emergency. They deal with the emergency. They come back. It's been a, it's been a half hour. That's long enough to go and read the entire Megillah. All right. So what do you do? So I'll say the halacha in Shulchan Aruch is same simin. Tafresh sadikay kara seirigan dainu shepasak bavishav acha hazor lemakom shepasak afilu shakid eligmariskula yatza. Rabbi said we do not paskin like Rabbi Mona, and therefore halacha lemaisa. Even if you went ahead and paused. Now, Bose, the truth is, it's interesting pausing an actual active hefsek. We're not going to get into that right now. But halacha ala the shkhanarch paskins, that even if you paused long enough, even if you paused long enough to, enti- to finish the entire megillah during that pause, you're still yotze. You could continue where you left off and halach continue. For for forward. I'll just point out, you know, it's interesting. Even though we don't pask in this way, la halacha, we do pask this way, la Meaning, what? I was saying, you know, sometimes when you start something and you pause too long, you have to start all over. Will say, you, know, you see this with a book, right? You start reading a book, and then you don't put it down. Right? You put it down for a couple of months. You so a lot of times, you like, I have no idea what happened, I have to start again. I was saying it's an incredible metaphor for life also. Sometimes I start something, I start something, and then I pause. And I pause for a variety of reasons. When I decide to resume, very often, it's hard to really pick up where you left off. Rather, I have to start all over. That's why in life, if you start on something that's important, and it's important enough to get it done, don't stop until it's done. Because sometimes once you stop and once you pause, especially if you pause, enough time to have started and, to have started and finished, often, you have to start all over. Right? So we'll have to stop over here for today. We'll pick up mirror session here tomorrow. We're totally running on schedule. Do not worry. Mirror session tomorrow, we'll catch up with the cycle. have everyone.